0: Uh, we didn't do it like a traditional star sports mm-hmm. approach to it, right? Mm-hmm. And which again, we did eventually because it was under the network then. Mm-hmm. But when we weren't part of it, we were. I think it was quite groundbreaking. Some of the content we were creating around it and things like that, one tip, one hand, things like that. Was mm-hmm. very comedic sort of takes on shows like sketch comedy yeah. in the guise of mm-hmm. uh, doing IPL, you know. Yeah, so uh, it was it was like very subversive in that way. And uh, I just found it amazing that the people that we were working with were like. Allowing us to do some of this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, like some, of my, some of our bosses. Huh. I was like, holy shit, they're buying into this. Yeah. It was just like just blew me away like they're letting me get away with this. Good.
1: You've heard of the popular maxim, show, don't tell. But when it comes to God of Gen, my guest for this episode, I'd say show, then tell applies to him. You'll see what I mean in a while. This conversation takes us through midnights strategizing and creating content at the Hotstar office in Mumbai, a sunny Central Park afternoon in New York, but most importantly, through the mind of God of Chen, the movies that he's watched, the books that he's devoured, and the memes that he just can't stop sharing. It's a supremely chill conversation that tastes best with some Chen and Tonic, and has some great insights along the way, especially if you're interested in the content business I hope you're ready for this conversation Because I certainly am Welcome to episode 54 Of That's What Shree Said Enjoy Okay, well, well, well Welcome to the 54th episode Of That's What Shree Said We are recording this live in Mumbai At a studio in Andheri, Studio 504 uh, helping us with mixing and mastering is Rohit. Uh, what's up, Rohit? Thank you so, so much for this. And with me, I am not doing this alone, although this is a dubbing studio and they usually go alone, but I have with me Mr. Gaurav Jain. Now, I would not want to introduce Mr. Gaurav Jain because uh, LinkedIn exists and Twitter exists and whatnot. So, Gaurav, how about you introduce yourself in a in a, in your own way, probably, and just tell us uh, who you are and why you're here.
0: And That's a very existential question, man. I don't think I have the answer to that at all. Who am I and why am I here? I have no. Idea. It's a very, very, very. Yeah, interesting I have question. no answer to that. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. Been 40 years of trying to figure that out. Uh, but basically, I'm a content guy. I've been creating content in some way or the other for a very long time. I've uh, been an independent content producer. I've run an animation studio, in a production house. I've worked with Star, Hot Star, and uh, the journey carries on, man. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing I know how to do is create content. And, uh, and nothing else, sadly. And nothing else? Nothing else, sadly. Yeah. And just talk nonsense, basically, when people like you invite me to...
1: <laughs> so that's why you're I think you've answered that question yeah. then. That's what why i Because I was invited. Here. I'm Correct. here because I was invited, yes. Correct. So that's cool. Okay, so that's... Uh, you've been a... Through and through content guy, you said, like, you know, this has been a very big part of your personality. And you would say that it's been happening ever since, like, you were a kid, like, ever since you were, like, you know. A...
0: Absolutely. Uh, so my uncles, right? My uncles, my dad are very big film people. My dad mostly Indian stuff, uh, going all the way back to the 40s and 50s kind of cinema. And my uncles were, like, more, they were younger, so a lot of Sylvester Stallone, a lot of Rocky, a lot of uh, cinema like that, films like that. And, and, and obviously, they had... I think very little awareness of what a kid should and shouldn't watch, because I was the only kid for a long time in the okay. family. So uh, like we shouldn't watch I've seen like pretty much all the Sylvester Salons, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme Pantheon of films, mm-hmm. Hong Kong cinema, a lot of right. John Wu stuff. Like before I had context of what what I'm really yeah. watching, right? But uh, they rent anything all the time. And uh, I'd watch anything with them all the time. So a lot of my memories of cinema or films are are built around my uncles watching uh, a lot of films that uh, they shouldn't have been watching with a (laughs) five, six, seven-year-old child. Five, six, seven, okay. Five, six, seven-year-old child. Yeah, That's like a proper child. You Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I have a very distinct memory of them watching Wall Street. And because they used to watch a lot of action films, Mm. I kept wondering, like, why is nobody shooting at each other? Nobody's killing (laughs) each other. And I kept asking them, pestering them I said will there be a fight now will there be a fight now and uh, so that's like my first memory of watching uh, Wall Street as well
1: which is Martin Sheen that one right
0: yeah the Michael Douglas Martin Sheen Oliver Stone film yeah yeah so so that's like a very distinct memory I have of how this whole thing kind of started but yeah it's down to them and my dad, my dad's an avid reader, or was an avid reader till he mm. discovered television. I guess. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I think
1: you can con- you've contributed to television a lot, a lot of it. So I think. Uh, I mean, not the television the he watches, okay, though. Okay, thankfully, okay, yeah, okay, not okay. the
0: not the <laughs> not the mainstream G C uh-huh. content that he Correct, watches. Yeah. Thankfully, I don't know. I don't know what's with him. I think he's broken somehow, somewhere because of some reason, <laughs> probably because because of uh, my brother and I. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's really down to my parents. It was not like a reaction to anything. It's more like. Mm. Uh, this is who we are, this is what we do. Mm. And they had records, they had like Beatles, LPs and stuff like that. So so very weird uh, access to Mm. content or things like that, you know, Mm. even in those days. Also, they were very tech savvy. Oh, is it? Tech savvy in the sense that they always had, we had a color TV, we had VCRs, we had a record player, we Mm. had tape decks and stuff and they Mm. came out. Uh, My dad actually flew flew to London for something and then he came back with a Sinclair. Okay. which is one of those old, early computers, right? Okay, wow. And just to tell That's you... way before my time. Oh, so absolutely, I, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I <laughs> so, was a child. Right. So I'll tell you a funny story. If you know Anand yeah. Jain from Clevertap, right. I think he had a Sinclair or something like that as okay. well or an access to that. And so he learned to program Oh. And he obviously, you know, it's like on his way to being a billionaire. Sure. I obviously got that. I made some funny maps and funny art on it, okay. and then I moved on with my life, and uh, I'm here talking to you. <laughs> so it just tells you the
1: the, the journey, the diverse paths that you can have yeah, after yeah, Sinclair. Yeah. Just just tells you basically that. Yeah. So. Awesome. That's great. So so I've gotten a sense of you know how it wasn't like your, you know your childhood and pro- probably there was a big influence right from the start it wasn't like a big whoa college moment like you know usually people when they're in college they sort of get this awakening you know types but it's been happening but now you're a parent yourself Right now you, it's it's changed a lot. You are you've gone through the 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 years of youth. Although I don't know if you if you'd consider yourself still as a person in your youth. Not uh, really. No, no, no. No,
0: no. I I felt like an old man <laughs> for the last 20 years. So. For the last 20 years. <laughs> but
1: give me a sense of how it's changed in like the past few years. If I were to pick up like three to five years, let's say, like you know you've been working yeah. with some very interesting brands, some very interesting projects as well. So how how have things changed for you? Like have you gotten more mature, probably, or does maturity ever sort of you know is it like a continual process?
0: it's odd man it's uh, it's so you know like once with the whole boom with all these streaming platforms that have come in and you have more access to content Yeah. and so you get to sample more things sure. and check out more things and see what's new how it's different but then oddly enough you find at least I find myself regressing back to the same old stuff mm. that I liked watching so there's a lot of the wire or, or I'll go mm. Seinfeld's like an everyday thing or some curb yeah. So you, you fall back on the stuff that you found interesting at some point, right? Although I do appreciate some of the content that comes out now, mm. I think it's uh, people are making choices that they wouldn't obviously have made say even 20 years ago mm. uh, just because of the kind of storytelling it takes. Mm. But I think the biggest difference in my opinion has been how small the world has gotten as far as content's concerned, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got, a if you've seen Kingdom which is that Netflix original from South Korea which is no, basically a... Uh, it's not a medieval but it's like about 15 or 1600s and it's a zombie story based in uh, one of those Korean eras of the mm. kingdoms mm. and uh, it's set in the countryside and palaces and people mm. like that and I was like this just blew me away that somebody took a genre and just flipped it around on its head so it's not sure. a modern film and there's a scientific logic as to why the mm. outbreak happens mm. you know, mm. and, and what they try to do contain it and things like that which is just fantastic to watch mm. and uh, so a show like that gets produced in Korea mm. a guy like me sitting in Bombay and watching it on a platform that I've paid for it I don't have to go look for it mm. download it or anything of mm. that sort so I think that's what's kind of blown me away that the world has gotten very very small as far as uh, is it
1: daunting like do you feel it's not at daunting all. or not you at all. exciting
0: not at all I mean I mean, I was anyway into all kinds of cinema to mm. begin with. So for me, it's just a continuation of what my life was before. It's just that access has become easier. Mm. Choices have become fairly wider. Mm. So it's that. And I think people who are coming up, like kids, younger kids, younger people, teenagers, etc., mm. this is their reality now. So for them to go back to a world which is only going to have their culture, their language, their world, is probably going to be... I mean they'll probably be dominant in their life mm. because that's how it is but uh, the world is now going to be much wider than they whether they like it or not in that sense Correct. you know so Correct. it's smaller at the same time but it's also very wide right. at the same time yeah
1: interesting so you know related to this kind of actually I saw so there's this youtuber called Thomas Flight okay like he's a very popular like, sure. film film youtuber and like a common you know he does commentaries and essays and everything and he actually argued like you know kind of related to what you said about this entire uh, part about how we've Progress from the uh, the film the era of filmmaking where we're doing like postmodern and like you know, he took three examples. He took High Noon, which is, film, so which is a modernist film. Gary Cooper, yeah, yeah. Classic Western. Yep. He took No Country for Old Men which is again a you know, it's from the villain's perspective almost. Yeah. It's postmodern. And now we're at this thing where it's almost becoming self-referential, where people are sort of talking about cinema key. A lot of the movies are about movies. A lot of the movies, it's tongue in cheek. You're, you know, so probably breaking the fourth wall. You're probably doing a lot of things, and he argues that we're in this meta modern sort of age. Everything, everywhere, all at once was just perfect a example. Bunch yeah, of yeah. Ex- perfect example, right? Because there's like a bunch of stuff that's happening, and it's it is self referential. It knows that it's you know, yeah, you know the tropes fun. and stuff. You know the tropes. Sure. So
0: so and what, then you sort of subvert them. Correct, right?
1: Correct. Exactly. So so what are your thoughts around that? Like, do you think that we're in an era, especially? not just in Indian content, but, like, from a global context as well? And why do you think this is happening? Are we, like, almost bored of that like, cinema ka prestige a prestige? Like, screw it, yaar, let's ha- fa- have fun only. Because think not happening. I
0: think, I, first of all, I don't think it applies only to cinema. I think hmm. it applies to all kinds of television content, film content, hmm. whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, to me, modernism and stuff is a very... I don't think it applies to... It's it's the era you're living in, Hmm. right? So I don't think it's like, oh, I can still be... If you look at the uh, Coen Brothers or something like that, right? Right. I think they've been making metamodern films for quite a long time. About 30 years. Yeah, before the the word was coined, the term was coined. I think I look at it as once the internet became apparent, Hmm. right? I think it kind of just starts to begin over there, but doesn't really bloom until... Uh, social media uh, mm. breaks out, right? Like, if you watch everything everywhere, that's like one long uh, fucking Instagram reel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's got that yeah. sort of tone to it. It mm. keeps moving around, jumping, darting. It still makes sense, mm. Mm. which is amazing. Uh, but uh, it's just like one long Instagram reel. And, and it makes sense to a lot of people today who watch things in 60 FPS and mm. think like that. And its it's got a little bit of that uh, sort of I don't know what the term would be. I can think of a word which I don't want to use, so I'm not going to, but uh, it's just got this uh, jumping around sort of feel to it Mm. where it's all over the place. It does break genre conventions, but then ultimately it does also come back to being like this sort of pleasant ending to it, Mm. right? Which is something I would expect a modernist film to do and not a... Yeah, the ending Post-modern was very, hard, correct, you know what ha, I mean. Ha, ha. So it's kind of really odd. But to me, I think the biggest thing in the biggest difference in terms of how contents changed, if you look at, if, you, mm. if you're going to give this art sort of genre, art sort of uh, critique to it, I think is that you can interact with the films now, rather than you couldn't before, right? Like so, with social media's come around. And I can interact with the filmmakers, the film itself. I can talk about the film. I can critique a film. I can have a point of view, a hot take, whatever. A podcast. Too? For a podcast too, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll Absolutely. Get we'll get to that. Yeah. So, and you can put it on Instagram, YouTube, wherever. And mm. people will then share their point of view with you. And you can mm. even do the same thing with the guys who made the film. correct. Which 20 years ago would have been unlikely. Sure. less likely rather than unlikely and then 20 years before that would have been completely impossible, impossible. Too. so I think that the fact that you can mm. now it's like this entity that you can interact with mm. I think makes it metamodern that's what does it forget the fact that you can change the genres and things like that I mean that is just convention and convention has been appended and followed forever mm. you know what I mean like going back to 1929 I think with Metropolis or something mm. like that that's a film that's 100 years ahead 80 years Get ahead it. of its time it. so how would you then sit down and Classify, uh, that, classify that so it. I don't think I think these are just things people use to make sense of, mm. just to theorize yeah. but it can also only happen when you're looking back at stuff I don't mm. think you'll know when you're actually it's happening to you right now mm. it's kind of hard to know um, oh it's a metamodern film I don't think anybody <laughs> sets out to do that get right? it, get it. Yeah. you're making a film that you're making a film so I think it's more like a reaction to the genre a reaction to the time you're living in so mm. because you're living in this era with social media which is at the center of pretty much everything you do and how you mm. exist uh, you react to content in that way and I'm sure the content you consume as a consumer uh, uh, sort of then informs your opinion. Correct. Whether you're a viewer or a content creator, mm, same mm, way, right? Mm. So I think that is what's uh, what to me is this whole metamodern sort of uh, content. So I wouldn't say cinema in particular, mm. but I think yeah. I mean, it's so it's like if you think about Picasso, right? I mean, he was making the same stuff well into I think the '50s and stuff. Correct. So well, yeah. Well, you were you were already away from the whole realistic. Realism to modernism, and he Mm. was still doing that. So then, Mm. what does that what does that make it? But then, if you think about it, that's his reaction to the change in God or whatever, and that's how he's dealing with it. So, Mm. I don't know, man. I don't think I'm smart enough to (laughs) to delve into it. But this is just my hot take on it. Interesting. Okay, but
1: you you've mentioned so much about social media, so I'm, I'm. I have to ask him. I'm very curious now about your entire consumption patterns because see we've we followed each other on Twitter, so Twitter's sure, definitely that's so I know sure. that. And you follow you were mentioning in our pre-chat that you follow hashtags as well on Twitter, which yeah, is interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is very interesting. But tell me about your um you know your consumption patterns is it, are you like a very big youtube person are you ott how how do you consume it? when do you consume it? What's what's that I'm like? just
0: a content consumer dude it, whatever <laughs> whatever whatever fits my fancy I think it's more driven by mm-hmm. how much time do i have sure. so i'll check into twitter to see what's going on from a news standpoint mm. i'll check into instagram to see what my friends are up to mm. uh, i'll never check into facebook cuz <laughs> i mean just, what yeah, the fuck yeah. right? it makes no sense uh, and when it comes to youtube again if i need to if i'm searching for something mm for video or something. That's the only time I go to YouTube. I'm, so that intent odd. is there. Key yeah, search but I'm oh. quite odd that way. So I don't think people necessarily do it that way. Like mm. some people might just go to YouTube and see, okay, let me find something. Mm. I'm not that guy. Mm. I'm like, if I want to check a particular piece of music, particular interview, information, sports, something breaking mm. uh, from a news standpoint, then I'll go to YouTube to find it. But otherwise I'm not going there for just mindless entertainment. I don't okay. do that. Uh, and then like from a content consumption standpoint, it's like uh, I do the the sort of kabul uh, thing of school Yatra. I'll start digital yatra. Yeah, That's it? a new Digi Yatra. Uh, yeah. So I'll do Netflix, Prime, then I'll go to maybe uh, Sony Live, maybe maybe not. And then I'll hit up Lionsgate. Uh-huh. So I saw like it's a chalta uh-huh. So I'll do that whole yatra every Correct. day to see Correct. what's happening. Or you can go to this app called Just Watch, just mm. see what's dropped. Mm. But my thing with Just Watch or anything like that is like I, I'm not necessarily looking for something new to watch. Sure. And sure. for most of these platforms, what works for them is always what's new. Exactly. They the release cat- that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So
1: the catalog itself, right? That right. And be... I'm saying
0: there's a catalog underneath where Which there's a lot of so gold over there that like, you really wanna go down there and find things. Correct. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, something will stack my fancy. Oh, God, maybe let me go and see if this is available somewhere. So, mm-hmm. if you look at my Instagram feed, sometimes I'll randomly mention movies or things that come to my mind and I just throw it out there. And people always ask me, where is it? I say, I don't know, dude. I just <laughs> thought of, that this is a film that somebody should talk about or think about or see. Huh. I said, go find it, man. It's, 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 <laughs> 90% of the time, it's never on any platform. Yeah, right? Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's a struggle that way. Like, yeah, no, dude. No. yeah, yeah. And and I remember, even movie was uh, movie was really. I don't know how it is. Like, what do you uh, do? You consume. Mubi? I I do
0: I do. In fact, uh, I saw a really great film the other day when it dropped. It's just before the Oscars. After Sun, of course, uh, which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. And uh, I think they they happen to have it premiere over there. And uh, so I do check into movie once in a while. So uh, mm. once or twice a week, I'll just check in to see mm. what's going on there. But a lot of this stuff I've already seen. Sure. So Some of the classics, some of the masters. I've seen a lot of that stuff. So. Uh, and not a lot of the new stuff is sometimes, like, catches my fancy or anything mm. like that. But it's a great place to figure out your voices and mm. things like, that. like they've, got, they've got Parhanov over there, mm. got, if you want to look at some Satyajit Ray, and also it's a very high quality master exactly. and stuff like that. So it's, it's a great place to go. Like, I, I wish we had the Criterion Collection. Ka, yeah, uh, Criterion here. Is, huh. That's uh, It's movie, but it's, again, much more accessible because it's uh, still a little bit more mainstream. I think mm. it would do really well, but, you know, uh, yeah that would be great if you could get a, get a hands on stuff like that
1: yeah cause movie, I remember in college so I went to I started film in, in college as well I did advertising in film and movie for us was like I think it was free of cost. We got sure. like a discounted. Sure, students and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like student things. So that was great. Yeah, and I was actually in, interviewing with movie as well for one of their rooms. Oh wow, but which which was like during the Savan time. So it was nice. between Savan movie, but then I had to go with Savan because that had gotten accepted and all of that. So sure. That was also happening, so that was fun. But I want to do a, almost like a 180 and now talk about not cinema in that sense, but short form. Are you what? are your thoughts about short form? Yeah, like is it is it like a uh, have you uh, been a fan of it what, what are your thoughts
0: so uh, I mean if you talk about short like 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 sort yeah. of micro micro yeah my, well, I mean obviously you can't really survive today without <laughs> having like micro stuff thrown at you constantly uh-huh. right no absolutely uh, 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 my wife's on Instagram constantly she's got a popular page and a lot of stuff like that so I mean I do watch what she's doing and, and I look at how her process is and uh, in terms of, okay, what's, what do you create? How do you create it? So I think it's very cool. I think some of that stuff is fantastic. But what happens is when you give people the means to of create content mm. independently and then upload it for and it's out there for the world to see, uh, you get a lot of people who may or may not necessarily deserve to have their content out there. Mm. So it's some mm. weird, wacky stuff. But at the same time, uh, do memes. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I, like I keep telling myself I wish I could just do this for a living like you yeah. make stupid just make memes, memes. <laughs> yeah. dude I'd I'd love to do that Let's yeah. start, there's so much stuff out there and I, people are so frighteningly creative yeah because things come out so quickly yeah and the collective sense of humor of the internet can be amazing at times yeah. you know and uh, so I think it's fantastic. I think you see some really amazing things and uh, people that are not necessarily directors, writers mm. in the author sense or the mm-hmm. mainstream cinema sense. Sure are also doing tremendous things in 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds. You know, it's like comic strips, but uh, they've come to life and they've oh, been damn, assembled. It's a very cool way yeah. of it. And they've been assembled together using other people's material or whatever you want to call it. Right? These great Bollywood memes you see all the time, as well, which sure. are fantastic. So I think it's great. And uh, uh, the, I just don't understand the fucking point of it because <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm doom scrolling and I'm sharing it. Share, I share maybe 30 things with my wife. Wow, and then every day? Every, whatever comes to me, is like, ah, oh, you got to go see this. <laughs> and some of that stuff to her is just like, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, uh, yeah but, uh, but I think it's fantastic. I think it's what Instagram and stuff is built on. Mm. Unfortunately, we don't have TikTok in this country anymore. Mm. But, uh, so it's not just the memes. I'm saying, but there's a lot of creative people, right? I mean, people have built industries and businesses with, mm. Makeup vlogs or Mm. health vlogs, and you know Mm. fitness and things like that. So I mean, I think it's the extensions of people that go Mm. into whatever people's areas of interest are, and Mm. then they obviously start sharing things on those Mm. fronts. Mm. And some people have millions of followers, and people listen to it or find it interesting. Uh, I follow quite a few people uh, who are not necessarily conventional content creators. It's more like existential stuff or things they're talking Mm. about, which I just uh, I find it to be insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to work with some of these guys. Like, I don't think they see it like how I see it. Mm. Like to me, I keep telling people like, you know, you should work with that person. Like, mm. I send them like production houses or creative people. I, you know, like, no, listen, connect with this person. He or she is very funny. Uh, make a show. Mm. You know what I mean? So uh, nice. yeah, it's very, very funny shit.
1: So And see, all of these things are pretty much. I would say, like, you know, when again, I, w- I would classify this creative economy has been. I mean, it's been used and it's sure. some some places been abused. You know. Uh, misused as well as to what this really means and like, you know, for me, the way I look at this, like, you know, what you spoke about in terms of the people and everything is that now individuals having distribution and right people, brands also want to sort of capitalize on that distribution that they have access to because that's how they do it, right? Like, the consumers want to sort of consume the content that people are doing not necessarily with yeah. too much of brands they have distribution and brands want to sort of now piggyback so the economy part of creator economy and that's where is that's on this that's where things get fucked up exactly because
0: basically I think a lot of these people are not guided well enough sometimes mm. there are ethical concerns and things like that but also some people are just they get to popularity for whatever reason mm. and then it's about cashing in on their popularity yeah. so you lose perspective on why you got into this in the first place. So if it becomes about the economics of it, and Mm. that's when the content starts to suffer. So you won't have anybody with a a 20-year career in creating social media content, correct, right? I mean, correct. There, there will be a point where you'll be so big or or if you're really, really wide, mm. you're going to start alienating certain sets of people. Mm. So you've got to evolve as well, but then what do you evolve into? Like Howard mm. Stern is a, like, a great example. Howard of
1: Stern, he's, it's sits like this and he speaks like this. It, yeah.
0: Basically, <laughs> and and I was in college when I was in college and Howard was pretty big and he was on still on radio. Sure, sure. He was still on radio in those days and I used to listen to him religiously because, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's very funny irreverent, uh, mm. just like a cast of people who are in your head all the time, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's gross at times, you know yeah. what I mean? Like gross-out humor. But then, because the reason he to thread the envelope because of what's acceptable, because he's mm. pushing the envelope, right? And uh, Because he wasn't allowed to do these things on conventional radio, once sure. he in the US. So he'd do all of these things to subvert all of that as much as Absolutely. you could. The moment he went onto Sirius, which is satellite, mm. uh, but there were no conventions. You could swear. You mm. could say whatever you wanted, mm if you watch a show now, it's it's not like that anymore. It's Correct. not because there's no need for him to push the envelope mm. anymore. Mm. So he's become one of the best sort of interviewers that you yeah. have out there. Like yeah. he'll delve into questions and answers and, and and aspects of things that you wouldn't think about with people like Paul McCartney, mm. uh, younger celebrities, you know, Scarlett Johansson, uh, uh, Anne Hathaway, whoever. And, uh, and he'd ask them like really pointed, really astute sort of yeah. uh, questions because he has to evolve into that. Yeah. So he's done that whole journey. Mm. Uh, I don't know a lot of people who do this on social media tend to do that. So for me, people who are doing this as a reflection of their worldview or Mm. their personality is the ones that I enjoy the most. Yeah, because it's authentic, right? Like, otherwise, you're just... Because I'm buying into that, right? I'm not trying to... I don't care about what face cream you're using. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I I know you've got bills to pay. Yeah. But it can't be every third reel if that's brand content is being pushed out. I mean, after a point, you'll just get creatively bankrupt Mm. and then you'll have nothing to say and Mm. I see that happening to a lot of these lifestyle sort of fashion people as well because they don't have any inherent they're not creating any of these things they're just putting it together sometimes it's trend driven sometimes it's about uh brand driven Mm. so I think you get squashed between those two things Mm. and and then you're obviously worried about clicks and likes and things like that it's like again if you look at newspapers and things like that Mm. today right like like they've gone to death because uh, all they care about is what kind of clicks am I going to get. Okay. So this is not just a social media problem for content creators. I think it's a, a mainstream problem for even like large newspapers for that mm. for that matter, right? Mm. Especially mm. in India because we don't do long reads. Correct. We I, don't do the I? kind of investigative journalism beyond corruption and crime. Yeah. So there'll be no deep dive into mm. uh, okay, why has Indian cinema changed in the last mm. five years? What has or so and so's. Career or how has he evolved? Like, we don't do any of that. We yeah. just do like, oh my God, ye scandal, kaise hua? You know <laughs> yeah, scandal. कैसे हुआ? Like yeah. it'll just be like caravan, maybe diving into it. Mm. So you don't really have the New Yorker. You don't have sure. a New York Times yeah. or a Vanity Fair. Mm. Uh, deep dive Vanity Fair again so culture so pop culture driven yeah. right so personality driven so it's so sexy in that sense yeah, that, yeah. but even then like if you read like a, a, a Vanity Fair spread which is a long read it, you'll still get to learn a lot about the person that Correct. it's about mm. and and we don't have that ours is very very short form uh, Viral Bayani, you know what I mean <laughs> he's landed at the airport and <laughs> yeah, you uh, ask just, him click, five questions click, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. that's <laughs> it and then start the whole thing again yeah. tomorrow so I,
2: mm.
0: I I don't understand how many times can you watch a fucking person show up at the airport dude like <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it personally so yeah. it's, it's just me maybe I'm just old I don't know no I mean that's um, a.
1: it's a very viable thing right because I myself I start so because I was working with the Ken right I was so Ken does long form but it's like business and everything and I was really starving for like where do you get culture stuff where do you do content which is like long form so the Atlantic, I love what they do with, sure, their, with absolutely, their stuff. Right? Fantastic. You know, their, their stuff is amazing. Obviously New Yorker that you mentioned. And even with podcasts I felt that, you know, like a I remember Harveston and Seinfeld long back, I think they sure. did a, they did an interview with yeah. like a session. That was that was great. So, I'm really starved. So, I that's why I asked you because I really want to know if if there are, you know, people who are sort of doing this.
0: I think you'll have people doing this on a podcast level simply because mm. that's much easier than writing yeah. 5,000 words Correct. and then not having a place to put it because mm. we don't have those kind of outlets here. Yeah. We don't have our own sort of homegrown cultural outlets mm. which are sort of compelling or driven or getting to an audience. Obviously, you'll have tens of the world. But yeah. But they'll also be a subscriber paywall, so correct. that's a stumbling block. It's India, do content. Correct, correct. And, and secondly, uh, they're also so very, and I don't mean this as, I mean, it's not elitist in any way, hmm. but it's just so, it's intellectually maybe too far gone to hmm. sort of. Uh, uh, expect people to sort of jump in on a wider base mm-hmm. I think people are still looking for more accessible things so mm-hmm. you know I don't want to necessarily get into dissecting like I said Yeah. you know for uh, for that audience mm-hmm. but but there will be other stuff that the audience might be interested mm-hmm. in which is also not happening mm-hmm. so say the making of my favorite film like uh, oral history of that mm-hmm. say if I was going to pick a film from say India so Parindas are my favorite mm-hmm. films I'm not getting a, a, a 20 page 40 page Uh, Oral history of the making of Parinda, right? Which doesn't have to be like a deep dive from that aspect, but just about how it was made. Where is it? Nobody's Mm. talking about any of these things, right? So there are some low-hanging fruits as well, Mm. which aren't happening. Or you take things like what Vice does in India, right? Like they'll have some interesting stories about certain things, but I don't know they're so accessible to a beyond a certain TG Mm. in certain markets, right? And so there's no, and also we speak like ninety thousand languages, yeah. So (laughs) how am I going to appeal to every single single. one of them? So that becomes a thing. But I think there are spaces there. I mean, there will be people doing some cool shit. So I think podcasts are a great way of unifying these audiences because you have people who have personalities who can be content creators themselves and and they'll have a perspective. Mm. And then you bring in a guest and you interact with them and Mm. then maybe it it serves the purpose of what a 5,000 word article might as well. So I think that's there. But then again, same thing, right? Uh, getting a mic is just as easy as getting a camera. So yeah. the, the people like me have had a podcast. So, I mean, it just tells you what it tells you. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, I really want to know. So I'll, I'll tell you. So just for the listeners' context as well, um, Binjistan, which was the podcast that you were sort of co-hosting, um, you know, this I think started in the pandemic itself?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't even remember, man. Like, yeah, oh, was, my memory it was, is like cheese. It, some... it, was, it was a December. December, is December, it? but I'm certain it was the pandemic because we didn't get together to ever mm-hmm. record it, so... You've not done a studio recording of this thing. Yeah, ever. which yeah. is
1: very interesting. Yeah. And and I had, so I the reason, the way I discovered it was through Apple Podcasts, I think they had some editorial placements. Yeah. Even in India, and I had heard a couple of episodes. I'm like, damn, we really... And I was also doing pop culture stuff. Sure. Uh, I still do with, with my show, which is what we're recording right now. Uh, but but tell me about that. Like, uh, do, do what are your thoughts? You, you didn't mention that, you know, podcasting is a good... Good way to sort of explore these, let's say, oral histories or like these topics. Uh, but you did a podcast, and uh, tell us a bit about the format, how you came up with it, why, I, I, I love the cover art, which is just yeah, so Yeah, which is poppy.
0: so, I'll tell you, all of this is done to Sid Jen, okay. who is my co-host, who right. is actually the producer of a Trial by Fire. Of course. Which is on Netflix as well, of so, um, uh, it's all him. Huh. Uh, we were just <laughs> chatting on the phone once for quite a while about, okay, what have you watched? So we should do like this podcast episode on the phone. On the phone, Just discussing oh. it. It should be conversations, ah. and then it's like, ha, a podcast, karte hai, yaar, and then somebody reached out to him saying, okay, let's do a podcast. He's saying, these guys want us to do a podcast. He's saying, let's do it. And then we just would get together. What did you watch yesterday? And then that was the extent of the... Like this five minute of prep before the episode began. These are the five things we're going to talk about. And we just go into it. So it was completely... Our personalities, and if you listen to the episodes, mine was probably more unfiltered because Siddharth is obviously much more sensible <laughs> than I am, and uh, so it was just that. It was just yeah. us hanging out. The art is somebody that he works with, or mm. they've created much more stuff for him as well. So they did it, and uh, the funny thing about Sid is basically he's 10 years ahead of pretty much all conventions as far in, as in, the, uh, what you, in TV in what? film. What's mm. happening with what the way to approach it? How he produces? How he thinks? How he creates? unfortunately for him he was ten years ahead you know what i mean and now fortunately for him like the industry's kind of caught up with him now mm. he's only about a year ahead okay so uh, so so it's that like again like he was doing that podcast before anybody was doing mm. a podcast like mm. we had that uh, thing going on so uh, that was largely driven by him mm. uh, but again uh, because the content might have been driven by somebody like me simply because i watched so much mm. stuff at that point uh, but yeah i mean it just came out of our need for us to discuss content it was yeah. just down to that and not having a, a local uh, outlet mm. uh, i mean even now you don't really have that many i don't know why sure. that is i just find that really odd uh, because there's a lot of like western podcasts you can listen to on just you'll have podcasts on just one series, like on the Seinfeld or West Wing or things like that, and, yeah. and people will talk about like things that they're interested in. But nobody talks about okay, these are the five things that have come out now, and this is what I think, and mm. that's kind of where it came from because those were, that, that's what our conversations were and still are. Like I mean, I'll right. talk about have you watched this? Have you watched that? That's mm. a lot of our, uh, our that, conversations even now. So so we do our little podcast on our own only mm. now, you know, but because it got hard to kind of schedule these and continue to watch the things. I think because it became like a regular. uh deliverable thing uh, but deliverable uh, naam se, I think so wo... it became okay shit now not very interesting yeah. Yeah. not very interesting maybe Sid was making money not giving haan. me I don't know ask game but since I wasn't getting we weren't haan. getting anything like fuck it man like so also I think because the pandemic was starting to end Mm. And we were really getting busy. With, Obviously with yeah, work Because he and... had his show coming up. I was doing a bunch of productions in those days. It was really big. So we just got really busy. Mm. And uh, then it just kind of died. And mm. I get messages even now, man. Oh, is I, it? Yeah, yeah, I get messages even now. And I know Sid used to get messages from as far-flung people as Cairo and, and Tel Aviv, Belgium. I okay, you know like, mm. that's like, why are you listening to this? Is the mm. first question I would ask. Like, <laughs> why are you listening to three idiots in... In, in, Bombay. Uh, in Bombay in Bombay yeah can't. in Bombay talking some nonsense huh. which probably won't even make sense to you guys huh. but it was fun it was a lot of it fun. fun it was a lot of fun I learned a lot about like because so, like pro- he's a producer how he approaches stuff right mm. I think it's fantastic and that was great As also because I was producing stuff as well which is not in the same way he was because sure. I was doing primarily non-fiction and he would do primarily fiction so uh, got to learn a lot in terms of okay what do you need to kind of yeah. approach things as yeah Uh, so one of the big things I learned from it was like it's a very producer driven world it's not actor driven it's not writing driven it's Mm. actually a producer driven why why do you say that? because writers will write and producers have to find that piece of work Mm. believe in it enough know that I can sell that to somebody or twist it mold it it tweak it to make it more marketable then to take it to a talent or a production house or a platform they're the ones who do all of that and uh, without them believing in something like this, you would not, the best writing in the world probably won't see the surface. And same goes with talent, man. Like, even with actors and stuff like that, you get placed 10 things in front of you, and mm. it, somebody has to come in and sell that to you, right? Mm. So, and you make a choice based on what's the vision you're, that's being projected to you at that sure. point. And, but who does that? The producer does that, right? At the sure. end of the day, they find the director that they think is the right mm. guy. So, I think it's a very producer-different world, which I didn't believe until Sid really explained this to me in these words, you know nice. what I mean? And... Uh, uh, in on the on, on, in fact, there's like an uh, epiphany I had while I was watching a listening to a podcast, mm. uh, sorry, recording a podcast mm. at that point, and uh, I was like, "Holy shit, this is making sense!" Like, I'm very important into the <laughs> process, you know. So, uh, so, it was like, "Oh shit, I'm really nice. important." Yeah. So it was nice. it was pretty cool. So you talk a lot about you know production
1: and being a producer and whatnot, and you did have the chance of being a part of Star, and like, yes. You were at Star, and then you were at Hotstar as well. So. Two very, uh, of course, Hotstar, you know, being a part of Star. But they, of course, became such a big force. And right now, pretty much, I would say, you know, one of the most prominent OTT players. So, tell me about that part of your life, uh, you know, when you were... Again, this is pretty much, uh, you know, when I would say OTT was rising. Like, it was 2016,
0: 17. Something something. like that. And, in fact, so, the OTT platforms at that time were very, very nascent. They just started to enter... And I was at Star Movies in those days. Oh, wow. Which was a fantastic <laughs> job to have. Honestly, okay, like, tell still me more. one of the, oh, it was just basically uh, content strategy, man. Like, uh, you're doing acquisitions. So, what nice. are we going to acquire? I think I was hired in those days to set up, uh, they were setting up a channel in those days, mm. uh, a new channel that I was hired to sort of uh, do the content acquisition strategy, programming plans, programming. and stuff like that mm. for. Channel didn't end up happening, mm. uh, or it got delayed uh, a couple of times. So then I would just do, so I got to work on Star Movies, uh, Star Movie Select, which was mm. very much my wavelength. Mm. Uh, Star Movies Action, I got to do like some prog- specific programming calls and things like that. And it was a great job, man. Like it was so easy because I'd seen so many of these films. Like I remember when I was being interviewed, and uh, my potential boss is Jasmine, uh, uh, Jasmine Samanth, and she's like, okay, now can you list out some of the movies that you watched on this list? And she gave me this massive Excel sheet. And I just went like ding 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 Seriously? ding ding. Yeah. Seriously, I was like, yeah, I've what? seen all of this shit. And, that's a and that's she, a flex. That's a <laughs> no. It's a flex. And, then, and she was like, no, I don't believe you. So then she asked me about specific films, uh-huh. like random ones from the list. And I was like, ah, uh-huh, no, I've seen this. This uh-huh. is what happened. This, this is, is who's made it. This Kay. blah blah blah. And I got hired pretty quickly after that. <laughs> so that job was very easy for quite a while. Uh-huh. And then Jass was like, listen, you're just skating by because you're relying on this side of your personality sure. or your skill set so then let's challenge you with something else So do programming strategy do uh, uh, come up with like a festival plan look at ratings and stuff like that uh, see what's missing see what you need to do so she pushed me in that direction as well which was really cool uh, but there was also the kind of job where I was like huh, listen I'm gonna go watch this movie at 2 o'clock today uh, because it's quote unquote part work. of what I do <laughs> and uh, it was also where I could like order uh, a certain film from Fox or Disney because right. we had deals with them of course and those would be delivered to our screening room in in Urmi at Parade. Mm. So we're gonna go watch Deadpool like a month before it releases right. and things like that so it was a fucking fantastic job dude yeah and like all good things it was like it was too good to be true and <laughs> uh, so I think also what happened was then by then the very quickly within like my job starting and within two years uh, the OTT space had become very mm. alive Hotstar had become very alive it was very. the writing was on the wall mm. uh, that uh, television how it is consumed in India for English films is not going to survive mm. because surprisingly right like um, who watches these films mm. is a question you'd ask yourself and the answer is very odd which blew me away when I first found out So uh, English, English, English films English films I right? think
1: I, I would say now that so let me guess uh, now that you've posed me this question I would say because you sort of subverted this thing that it's actually people tier two who want to learn
0: English uh, or like. So there is an aspect of that, haan. but a really large audience came from in, at least when I was there in 2016. Haan. Odd is Kerala, okay. Chennai. These would be like huge markets okay. because these guys would watch the action films, regardless oh. of the regardless of the dialogue. Because haan. kya karna hai, haan, right? They didn't give a shit. Haan. So they'll watch uh, Avengers. They'll watch some Jackie Chan film. As long as the action looks good, they're watching it. So a large chunk Damn. of the audience came from these places where they didn't give a shit about language at all. As long as it's action driven, yeah. it would work. So I was working, so Star Movies Action was a channel which was really mm. small Mm-hmm-hmm. and uh, they were going to shut it down mm. and I worked on that for a bit and, and what I started doing was, there was, so you have runs for films, like 24 times you can show a film. It's a run. Okay, interesting. Right, for any big movie. So they have limitations to how many times you can show a film. So... And the business side of it pushes you to run all twenty four because the way they cost it out is if it's a million dollar film mm. and I can if I have twenty runs then it's divided by twenty. So that's correct, how much a movie run costs me. If I don't do all the runs ah, I've lost to, money. Exactly. That's how the bean counters look at it. Mm. Right. They don't care about strategy and shit. But just mira his abo not. Correct. So I started plotting some of those empty runs on star movies action. So you'll start oh. seeing these big films of star movies action, then viewership just climbed, started climbing I'm up, sure. and uh, it was going to shut down anyway. That was the plan. There's just a couple of months, but it went up significantly. I'm sure uh, because of doing that. So it was just that the audience sits in these parts of the world. Mm. It is not necessarily uh, the TG you're going after, mm. uh, and the TG you're going after is also there. So it mm. wasn't like that the the 18 to 24 year olds were still watching this stuff. Mm colleges, kid, kids in college would watch in the mm. afternoon. So you're trying to predict where they are and what they're watching. Sure. Because that information wasn't as real time as it is today, right? Mm. So you're doing those panels on Thursdays when the data comes mm. out from Bach. And, uh, and you find out, oh my God, so ek dekh rahe hai. So mm. then I'm going to start plotting these movies at one o'clock. Mm. So you're, you're theorizing, okay, maybe five o'clock is when they go out and do these kind of things. So they're going to watch at nice. one. They're going to come back at 11 and they're going to watch these films. So you're going to try and put a run of a big film at 11. So it's a lot of that, Kind of mm. pinpoint where the audience was, which yeah. is what programming strategy basically was. Basically. But it was the oddest thing I learned was this that the, the, the guy, the guys, there's a guy sitting in Chennai and somewhere in uh, Tier Two Kerala, mm. who's watching Star Movies action because, you know, got, he wants to watch the cars blow yeah, up and yeah. these people flying, and and that was like an eye opener that people don't necessarily consume content how you think they do. Mm. Uh, there are sort of things that happen that you might not have sort of anticipated right off yeah. the bat. So they would not watch Star Movies action. so Star Movies Select, mm. which was largely that non-action. Was a, like, I ah. we would never put an action title on there. Mm. It was always story-driven. It was always Oscar winners or, mm. you know, like, foreign films or things like that. Mm. And only those films would go up there. Yeah. And the way to sort of program that was very different from how you would program a Star Movies yeah. uh, main page, right? Yeah. And uh, and nobody would watch those films mm. in Kerala or those places because that's what that, the audience for that was very different. Absolutely. So so, um, I mean, not that this is a Star Movies conversation, but uh, the Star, the Tata Sky panel mm. for certain kind of the so Star Movies action. I think times now had opened up another channel. Sony oh, so. had like another one as well. Mm. Those were these story-driven channels, and Star Movies would also do very very well over there, but the numbers were very very small.
2: Because mm. so I don't think the
0: spread was, was wide niche, enough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So mm. I think it's it's really things like that. So I think consumption has really just it just changed so quickly right. between 2016 and 2020 that uh, or 2018 rather that uh, there was no going back. Mm. So if you look at those years, the the channels that opened up also disappeared very very quickly. So sure. times now had another movies I think damn movie kind of, I movies now, now had like, like a now, movie now two and correct, stuff like they that had, right, yeah, so they were multiplying basically that. basically so they they set up mm. those channels and very very quickly in eighteen months or twenty four months they decided shopping. that the business was not worth it the the monies that were coming in you went from being three four five hundred thousand crore category to being like a four five hundred crore category mm. and the players were still the same right because these guys had already started moving on correct because you know because what what they did with Hotstar again because mm. I was at Hotstar uh the year before the IPL came to Star. Ah. So we So Hotstar had the IPL, mm. but Star didn't have the IPL. Only Hotstar did. Okay,
1: the digital rights, correct. Right, ha, so the last ha, year of
0: that, ha, then ha. the bidding happened and then the whole thing came to the network, came. right? Correct. So we did the year before and oh. uh, so the approach to that was very different. Uh, we sure. saw decent numbers as well. Uh, we didn't do it like a traditional Star Sports mm. approach to it, right? Mm. And which again we did eventually because it was under the network then. Mm. But when we weren't part of it, we were. I think it was quite groundbreaking. Some of the content we were creating around it and things like that, one tip, one hand, things like that. Mm. Very comedic sort of takes on shows, like sketch comedy yeah. in the guise of mm. uh, doing IPL. You know, yeah, so uh, it was it was like very subversive in that mm. way. And uh, I just found it amazing that the people that we were working with were like. Allowing us to do some of this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like like some of our some of our bosses. Huh. I was like, holy shit, they're buying into this. Which yeah. was just like just blew me away, like they're letting me get away with this. Good.
1: Hi. This is me from the edit table asking you to subscribe to my newsletter Shreemail. It's the first link in the show notes and it's about pop culture and news and a bit of commentary and whatnot. Uh, or if that's too much of a hassle, can you at least give the show a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? It really goes a long way with the discovery of the podcast and helps me create more episodes for you. All right, back to Gaurav.
0: And We did like a motion capture show called The Fanatics. Uh, a mocap show. A show. mocap show. This is insane, right? I don't think anybody's done this, this is, yeah, since I, as well. Yeah. It was a mocap show that began at 11 in the night when the second match was over. Okay. Or the last match. Or the first match, depending on that uh, day. Depending on the day. the of. match is over, we start writing it as to what's happened in the match. It's like a, basically oh, like, a, like a, it was a correspondent and a guy hosting a show. It's like a, it's like a match analysis, okay. but the characters are mo-capped. So we had this guy who'd come in with the freaking rigs. They had to record the thing and it was live recorded because this guy's mocapping capping it. We ah. have the character, the animated character's been skinned yeah. and it's on the screen. So when you're, this guy's doing the stuff, we're ah. recording the screen, capturing the thing that's happening over there, adding the audio <sighs> on top of it. And turning it out by 7 o'clock in the morning. And they would do like, I didn't do all so of was them. There was...
2: shift then, like,
0: that was like... So that was the team that I was working with was ah. doing it. Uh, a bunch of these amazing guys and we got some comedians to write it and stuff like that. And uh, it was like a, a li- like a mocap show being turned out every night. It was only two or three minutes because that's all we could manage. But
1: sure, but still, the, but the was, fact it was, that... It's still cutting
0: is... edge. I think it's a sad thing that Hotstar and went out and talked about this aspect yeah. of it. But yeah. again, I don't blame them because they were talking about the fucking IPL yeah. overall, right? I mean, they had like that kind of business. But this was like a really groundbreaking thing, in my opinion, that yeah. we were doing that not a lot of people know about beyond the Correct. people who created it. Correct. And uh, it was nuts. It was very, very cool. It wasn't yeah. very expensive. So you'd be surprised how little we spent on that. Yeah. And it sounds uh, expensive. Like, it was on. not. We, we bought those suits from okay. somebody in China or someplace huh. like that for a couple of lakhs. Huh. Uh, we signed up a creator to come in and sort of skin those again a couple of lakhs. And then we just do episodes. I think it would have been a sub 50 lakh. Uh, sub 50 lakh production oh, no. for 45 episodes I think damn round about a lakh an episode or something like that man which is yeah which, which is, is like nothing, nothing, which nothing which is nothing, nothing. and uh, groundbreaking dude and we were doing it in a room haan. in uh, Hotstar no, Hotstar. like okay. ek, some kisi ka ek room tha wo room leke hum lo mitlab jo meeting room hota tha haan, haan. us raat ko hota tha. And it would dad. become a, and it would become a meeting room in the morning. Right. Back again, the right. stuff would just be left in there. Yeah, and uh, it was fantastic. Like it's one of the the things that I'm the most proud of working yeah. on. is is that it was insane, still is insane.
1: That's awesome. You know, there's there's so much of again shift with Hotstar and their strategy itself. I think that's been. Have, do you watch Succession?
0: I love Succession. Oh, you do! Wow. Absolutely, wow. Okay. absolutely. So it's got, go it's, got, many, it's many got some of my great, my favorite lines in there. So which yeah, is, which is what? Uh, it's it sucks to be the last eunuch in the Forbidden City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's like my favorite line. Like it's just like my God. Like who else would say this? I, I mean, you know what I mean? It was cutting edge. I think to me even now and. Uh, so well put together and funnily enough, I didn't enjoy the first season yeah, that much and I was yeah. like i wasn't I wasn't sure where it is kind of going and uh. until you start focusing on the kids and 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 how incompetent they are like as it goes on and the conflict between the between them begins right uh. because it's usually between the three of them but get until right. the conflict begins with Logan yeah it doesn't really take off yeah. and that happens much later in the first season so that's when I was like, okay oh shit now uh. second season blew me away I was like holy oh, shit second like, season yeah I, I was like was, what the what the fuck uh, is going on language, the supporting characters, yeah. the people they've got. I mean,
1: the, wow, what a piece of work.
0: And we are
1: recording this Gaurav right before. Yes. A, a day before. I mean, one and a half days, let's say, before the finale. finale
0: which we're going to have to watch... So I am, again, somebody who wakes up at 7 30, gets out of my system. Same, same, same. So same. breakfast karte karte, karte yee, <laughs> Monday morning, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, Monday, yeah. it's my thing. It's, it's, my done. thing. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's my absolutely, thing. Absolutely. I can't... Uh, but I think, but I think, I think I'm going to watch this with a bunch of friends on Monday, maybe. Right, if yeah. Can, yeah if, there's I, if there's like
1: a... I really want to do like a screening or something because yeah. this is something that... It's going to be a monumental event, whatever the... I think so.
0: But I'm also like wondering like what's going to happen, right? If you Have you ever watched The Americans? No,
1: I've heard about it, So but it's the, very good. It's so underrated. Americans
0: is one of my wife's favorite shows. and a, like Because of her, I watched it as well, huh. and I was blown away. So it's basically about these spies, Russian spies, okay. who are living in the U.S., and they're sleepers, and they have to go out and do these missions. But they've been in the U.S. for so long, they're still Russians, okay. mentally, internally. Huh. They've got children huh. who are Americans. Okay. And so not to spoil it for people, but there's a point where they have to go back to Russia, and I was so convinced in the episode, at the finale, that somebody was going to die. Mm. Uh, the kids are going to die. The parents are going to die. And nobody died. But what happened in the end was much worse. Much, oh,
2: wow. Than
0: any of them dying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So right. I was like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Mm. So typically to me, that's just when I when that happens, like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It's that's usually, when you, it's usually that's my when like, wow, okay, that's yeah. fantastic. So, uh, so, so it's just like that succession. I'm just thinking like, it's going to be not like you would expect like a crescendo of activity or action. It might just be like same level that has been okay. like that on yeah. and, and that's exactly what... Yeah. Uh, is going to be like your little meta modern ending <laughs> to uh, to what you would expect to be like a very big conventional correct, blowout, correct. right? Yeah. And I think that's not going to be the case. I think it's going to be like a very normal... Very normal. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, just whatever. It's just go like the way it's been going. Correct. And it's not going to necessarily change itself because it's ending at that mm. point, right? And that's what I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. So I'm really looking forward, so forward to it. Very excited. And,
1: and I think Jesse Armstrong as a showrunner I I have so much respect for the guy because I love Veep yeah right? absolutely It's such a thrilling show it is just a thrill to watch and the think of it as well so I mean both I mean of these like shows those are two
0: of the shows that I love like I mean I'm a big fan of Yanuchi and yeah, Death exactly. of Stalin is like something I talk right. about quite a lot right. and uh, I mean I think the difference is right like I think one of the reasons why they do such a good job and is because they don't have to do 24 episodes like they correct, used to correct. before you have exactly. a lot less air to fill right mm. and you can do a better job of it absolutely so I think that's partly I think what goes into it it's what mm. I think is hmm. at least for these guys. Uh, like, if you look at the British shows, right, I mean, some of them are so amazing and they used to do, I mean, was it, uh, 40 Towers is, what is it? It's a sub 10 episodes. Hmm. Sub correct. 10 they episodes. Do, That's all British, they've done. And this series, right? In yeah. It's, seasons, and, and, uh, it's like a, and 10 episodes and they were made huh. years apart. Correct. And they did like an order of five or six at one go and they did five or six like yeah. some 10 years later. Huh. And it's like, dude, like, what the hell? You yeah, know what I mean? Today, yeah. hota to they would have been juiced the correct, correct, shit out of it, correct. right? Or Seinfeld, for that matter, right? Mm. They ended it when they ended it, yeah. right? So, I mean, it takes great courage to do things like that. But yeah, I mean, these guys are fantastic. So the whole showrunner concept as well, right? I mean, mm. that's just it's, it's a very HBO-driven It's a very, I mean, very HBO-driven a big, thing. HBO is one of
1: my, uh, I think, uh, one of my dream places to sort of work. Work in, HBO, sort of, yeah, yeah. Because I've done content acquisition. Again, I was doing music. So, as as content acquisition I was sort of getting artists and everything on board, but just delving into how HBO was developed and like sure. you know, uh, just their ethos and everything.
0: This 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 is a great book called Tinderbox, which okay, is no, about I, I, uh, it's like an oral history of HBO. Is it? Yeah, it's fantastic, and like all the people who sort of were executives yeah. at HBO when it yeah. was beginning, uh-huh. all the way through uh, the politics of it and how right. some of the things that so you so it, it, none of these things are fully formed, right? They right. all created or developed as they go on yeah. in terms of businesses and things that exactly. like. you make mistakes some of those mistakes turn into really big deals right. or good things and uh, it's a fascinating book it's worth checking out uh finished reading it last year uh fantastic book and uh, you know the thing is it's 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 like if you look at netflix for that matter right it's like a everything for everyone approach mm. Because they're a fucking global behemoth, of course, right? Like, you, to, you can't yeah. criticize them because they, they have to be. Correct. They have to create content for the Koreans, for the Americans, and hopefully some of that stuff will cross-pollinate from India also. And uh, what that also means is it's going to be cross-genre. So you'll see a sunset, selling sunset at the same place as a mind hunter. Mm. So they've got to do a lot of this stuff. HBO has obviously taken a very different track to yeah. developing. They don't necessarily want to be 210 million subscribers, you know what exactly. I mean? And and and, and, uh, and that's where the challenge lies today. Mm. Like, you know, how how do you supply more content and keep hitting uh, it out of the park each time you create yeah. something, right? And and other people will catch up. Mm. All the other people who've been creating content in a particular way will start to sort of catch up. Like, you know, AMC's done, like Mad Men, they of did course those shows, which was like very mm. uh, HBO-driven ethos of content creation, mm. right? Uh, uh, Breaking Bad, for that matter, sure. which most people believe is a Netflix show because they only saw it. Saw it on Netflix. On Netflix. <laughs> <You> <laughs> That's know, the thing, is, yeah, which yeah. is amazing, right? And yeah. uh, I think the power of Netflix is also something people don't realize. And and like if you if you watch Formula One like I do, I'm an obsessive Formula One fan, sure. and have been since 1994,
1: ninety ninety four ninety three. Ninety
0: four. Wow. Yeah, I, so I, was, was... I, was, I, was, I was like in school or something like that, and I remember those. The... Senna's last season is it? So the, so it's funny thing you mentioned that. So I remember this news report. So so. Uh, Prime Sports in those days, not Star Sports, right, is right. what it used to be called Star Sports, used to be Prime oh, Sports. Oh, Primes, okay. Yeah. Now
1: Prime is something else altogether, so, so it's Yeah, exactly, confusing. so it used to, to be called Prime Sports, okay. and
0: they used to do these promos of of uh, Damon Hill and Schumacher battling each other, huh. and uh, uh, this is like after Senna died, huh. right? Before, I it was 94, re- I remember reading this newspaper article in Midday,
2: Okay.
0: I, uh, I used to read Midday every day after I came home from school, nice. after lunch, Nice. Uh, with lunch and I remember this, this massive article of Saturday and I was like yeah what the hell is this yeah. what's going on and I wasn't very well aware I was a big fan of MotoGP at that time oh. they, they also show MotoGP in those days nice. which was Rainy and, and Kevin Schwantz were battling uh. in those days and uh, I was like okay maybe let me check this out and then I checked out a race on, on uh. one of the weekends and I was like dude this is it, like this yeah. is my jam and uh, been an obsessive fan ever since. But if you look at how they grew just because of, uh, they grew an American audience because of, because of like, to Survive. It's insane. It's insane. Because <laughs> of Netflix and it's, it's a terrible show now because it's so, it's just, it's just given into the bullshit, you know what I mean? Instead of being like, a, feeding it. yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's become it's, derivative. It's, unfortunately, mm. and, and, I, and I hope they find their bearings quickly again, but they've broken the market, man. I mean, that re, there's three fucking races, in the, three races in the US. Correct. That's yeah, how yeah, much of an audience is brought, that's brought to the table. They've got their own app and I've signed up to it. Oh, you have? Yeah, oh, I mean, that's the only place course. to watch the ah, races now, it's, right? And they you have like you, like, have like, you yeah.
1: have. I was talking to a friend yesterday. Like, he was like, you can like you have the access to all the live cams as well. Like, Dude, you, that... I'm
0: watching it with three or four screens. Correct. So I have the like... r- main races on the TV. <laughs> I'm directing my own race. <laughs> I, I have my drivers I follow. I have the timing screen. I switch uh. between uh POVs and stuff ah, like you have ah, the ah. on-car cameras. Correct. I see an incident just happening there. I'll switch to boss and I can reverse right so away you're basically and see. <laughs> yes, I'm directing, directing on the I'm directing PCR. my own race. I don't give a shit about what they're doing. I'm watching my own race here. Yeah. I'm ten minutes behind So because I'm following other stories that are happening somewhere. Oh, in the so I'm watching my own race in there, dude. It's it's just the amount awesome. of control that it's given you yeah. as a viewer. Like it's just insane. So back in the day it used to be I used to watch it on Hotstar or Star mm. Sports and I'd have my timing screen with F1. Right. Okay. Now I've got time Timing, I've got positions. I can see oh, this guy's pit stop, chalu. This guy's here on the yeah. s- straight. I'll know. So I don't have to wait for commentary anymore. Kidding. I can tell. So I mean, just gives you control, right? Sure. And I think more of that is going to end up happening with mm. other sports as well. I think it does happen to a great extent. I think it's just going to get mm. bigger and bigger. I mean, I'm not. I don't think we're very far away from uh, picking our own angles and creating our own broadcast as far as cricket's concerned as well. I mean, we're not very far yeah. away from that. I know yeah. that. Uh, if anybody can, then Geo can, put that together. yeah, yeah Geo can put that together. and a uh, uh, same goes for like uh, even uh, other sports, right? Like, say, for basketball and things mm. like that. I mean, there's no reason why you can't start having your own experience with it. and and that's what I think is the next step is that you have your own personal experience of a sporting event which is happening live
1: It's not just a feed that's been like, you know yeah, it's that not they it's are... not
0: it's not downstream, basically. Mm, like you're correct. actually in control of what your experience is like. Which can be completely different from my neighbor's experience with exactly. a same event. Yeah, which which changes the way you approach mm. content as well. So it's like those bander box sort of those uh the band the Sorry. Yeah. Ha, the, you can the, the your which you choose, which heart. which I think is ridiculous because I don't <laughs> for for I was like, dude, I want to see it, right? Ha, you give ha. me the fucking ending that you've thought <laughs> of. No, nah, why am I making why am I doing all the bloody work? Ha, yeah, ha. It's fine for video games. Like, I don't want to feel like fucking films and stuff. Films, because, yeah part of what you're buying into is perspective. Like what Mm. is your take on something, right? Mm. And and that's what you're trying to sort of go after. How is, what is your take on this? you're telling me, like, there's 40 different options and you figure it out yourself.
1: It's a bit giving, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's like, like next
0: time uh, I won't yeah, do it. Like,
1: but if I like, play a
0: video game, right, if uh, I play Red Dead Redemption, I don't care about, honor. I'm going to kill everybody. Like, I'm blowing <laughs> things up, I'm killing animals and stuff uh, like Just giving it to the worst instincts hmm, of myself, hmm, shooting things for the sake yeah, of it, not helping people, Right. just because it's fun hmm. on a video game, right? So, I mean, so you do create a little bit of that experience for yourself sure. uh, on that. Uh, uh, at the same time, I know people who play the other way, like they just full on a, they want to make 100% of the map and <laughs> they just play it like a yeah. particular way. So uh, I think it's, it's straddling that kind of line. I think just the level of interactivity that's mm. get, gotten added on in the last mm. 10 years, right? That I think is the biggest change. Like if you think about it, like say some guy who probably watch a baseball game in 1950 and you bring them down today to a 2020 game, mm. it's not only changed... Physically, like the level of athleticism, preparation, mm. fitness, uh, strength, all those things has changed the game. But also how it's experience as a viewer has changed yeah. massively. That, that's the big thing. Not the fact that it's in color, the fact that you can manipulate things, you get more data thrown at you. Look at cricket broadcasting. Mm. I mean, I don't think anybody in the world, any stream in the world has a level of data that's thrown over oh on a sport, right? Then cricket. And, and cricket, And fucking cricket people night. get it. Everything, like people's like it's, strike rate hai, average all the things know line le, and lens lay le, le viewer will also be like hey Hawkeye will come hey LB out hai. you know what I mean like it's a part that of us I think
1: yeah we, we've grown
0: I don't know how yeah. it's a very interesting thing uh, we like have we the awareness know, we just Everybody know the language does.
1: we just know the language
0: of Raste cricket pe kisi ko pakad lo yaar and they'll have a POV haan. on uh, <laughs> the ball was hitting the stamp or stamp. not you know what I mean Like they'll have that level of awareness I just wish we could channel it to other things also and not just to cricket of course. but uh, but it's just the way things have evolved you know i don't yeah. know how and why and and i love the fact that i'm not a big ipl guy mm. in terms of uh, watching it because mm. i find it to be very one sided mm. batsman driven but just the way that the league has evolved the way mm. that it exists you know it was, it was manufactured out of nothing sure you know what i mean it's not like the nba or mlb in the sense that those already existed
1: existed and yeah
0: they were formed as like the leagues might have evolved, but the sport didn't change. This you sure. really reached, you molded the sport, sport into something, yeah, which Absolutely. is a big deal. I don't think people often appreciate that side of it. You went from a five-day game to a 50-over game now to a 20-over game. Mm. And it's been molded into that for whatever reason, commercial sure. or otherwise. Uh, I think that's a big thing. I don't think sports mm. have changed that much in mm. that sense. Uh, for broadcast, I would mm. say, you know what I mean. I think that's a big deal that people should appreciate about the way the IPL operates mm. or the all the 2020 league mm. games operate. I think that's a big change that most people don't appreciate. So interesting.
1: So so, God, we've spoken a lot about content and a lot about you know culture. I I, I actually want to know from you now about a bit about your travel and your lifestyle because I do I oh, do wow. uh, know that you sort of you know do like your. Um, you know, a good good coffee probably or whatever drink you prefer. We were discussing gin, gin as well. Yeah, gin's good. And, 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 I hope my and, parents are listening. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> oh, well. And, and food as well. But tell me, like, you know, you've, you've traveled a bunch of places. So what, what are some things that just stick out and just probably... Like, I was you know, in New York for about
0: two weeks. acha Till, till about last week, basically. Achcha, yeah, oh, right. wow. I just got back on the 15th. And uh, my lifestyle is basically, I'm broke now, and <laughs> I need to find ways to pay for this trip that we've just taken. Uh, but no, man, I mean, uh, again, it, a lot of this is down to my wife. She's an avid traveler. Okay. She's, only thing she thinks about is traveling. Lovely. I think it's probably just to escape from me or something. I don't know. I don't know what the logic is. <laughs> but then you all travel together as so well. We I travel think. together. I mean, she, it's a necessary evil, I think, when it comes to her that she has uh, to take me along to some of these things. Oh. But no, <laughs> just kidding. But it's, yeah. uh, no, man, I've been a big traveler, just uh, always have been. I don't know why hmm. that's. The case. I got, I got the opportunity when I was very young. Mm. I was able to travel since I was yeah. very young, and it's been very fortunate. Uh, it's something. I, it's partly why we take our daughter everywhere we go. Right now, because you get the opportunity to see the world at a very young age, and I, I think it makes you a better person yeah. all around. Right. So you think uh, so? Like
1: travel has a very intrinsic. It's a pressure
0: cooker, man. Because you, you're going places, cultures, languages, foods mm. that you haven't necessarily been familiar with. Uh, Intrinsically, I don't I don't even think that's true now because, like, I mean, what my daughter eats in India is what she ate in the US. <laughs> I mean, she'd go for a taco, she wants a burrito, she wants a pizza. No. So I don't think that's it. Uh, again, because it shows, she, so funny thing, right? The first day when we get to New York, this is a hilarious story, uh, uh, I, because we flew in from Miami, we got to New York. I asked my daughter what she wanted to do the next day. She's like, I need to go to Central Park. Mm. I was like, okay. So I thought we want to Central Park because she wants to go to the park. No, mm. but she wants to go to the park because there's a show she watches where the girl actually goes to Central Park to play. Oh damn! Right. That and is there's a there's a building behind Central Park, like huh. whatever the playgrounds where she lives. The, the fictional the character fictional lives. lives. So she like so she lives over there. This so is the just... park she comes to, and that's why I'm going there. So. Uh, it, man, was, it was it was sort of, fascinating yeah it blew me away man and like if I asked her like what the, her best memory of the trip was, in that trip, was the visit, going going and to that just going there going to business. Central Park I said forget all the South Beach ha, and, what's up and to? The, all the other stuff that we did in New York ha. City Statue of Liberty all that nonsense Neh, ko wo that Central Park would be played in that garden na? that's ha. like the ha. highlight that's memory that's memory <laughs> I was like yeah, I could have probably taken you to a park in Bombay would have been way cheaper but yeah uh, but man, and food, again, like, it's, it's. I guess I'm a very sense, sort of sensually driven person, maybe, yeah. I don't know what that is, but yeah. uh, food is like a big part, I mean, uh, love eating out, you eat out a lot, I used to run a blog oh, about eating out once upon a time, wow. uh, back in the day when blogs were a thing, and before they became a big thing, hmm. and used to be like just going out and eating and just sort of recording what I was doing, it was never like commercial or anything like that, it was uh-huh. just about going out and eating and it became a thing because my wife and I were we got married and then it was like a thing to do together. Mm. We'd go out, eat and I would just sort of write about it. Mm. And uh, But yeah, I mean, it's it's just been these sort of things I do uh, mm. for fun. It's just purely what else is there? Yeah. And what else do you do? Like movies, music? Correct. Uh, a little bit of sex here and there. But uh, <laughs> And, and traveling like, yeah. wachakia, there's nothing else to really okay. do I, I, I think everything else is a waste so uh, it's just like you gotta make some really good choices in life dude yeah. uh, I got lucky uh, got to do some really cool sort of hmm. jobs you know and uh, I don't know why and how I worked yeah. with some fantastic people who yeah. really took me under the wing uh, I think that's what it is. like. is. I've been really fortunate to work with some amazing people who've been very supportive. Mm. That's made a massive difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to extend that same thing to people I work with and right. work around uh, see if I can help out as well because it goes a long way uh, yeah. because people, some people don't know some stuff and if you can help them out, it just yeah. goes a long way in helping them make up their minds about Absolutely. what they're doing, right? And yeah. uh, I've been very fortunate, really mm. been very fortunate. Some people like me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> They've been very supportive all the way from being hired like at... Uh, at, at Star or at Hotstar for that matter. Mm. I had to interview with several senior people and somehow they were like, yeah, great, dude. You know, I mean, it, and I'm still yeah. in touch with them and with still friends and people who were reporting to me, people I was reporting to, uh, have been really supportive even yeah. now. So it's been great. Uh, I don't know why, but I uh, <laughs> can't pinpoint why that is. But then you yeah. learn these things, you try and pass them on to others. Yeah. But when it comes to traveling, it's just... Um, I mean, it's the world that you've seen, right? Like you, mm. whether it's television, cinema, books, you see the universe is like yeah. this big place and and you can get there. Like I always yeah. find this fascinating that I, in 24 hours I could be in New York City. Okay. It's like a physical possible thing. I, used to talk, I spoke to my granddad a like very long time ago when he was around and he used to live in this village and he used to talk about how he should take one day to get from his village to like the main road mm. because that's how far it was. It's like some mm. 14 or 15 kilometers or whatever. Mm. And it's like the best part of a day to get to the main road and you can just drive now, because mm. back, you obviously didn't have cars then. And you could drive now and be there in like yeah, 20 minutes. Yet, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 20 minutes or something like that. And you can fly to a different country and be with wholly different culture, wholly different people. Best part of 24 hours. I don't think there's any part of the world which you can't get to in, in a, more in or less 24 day, hours, yeah. right? And, mm. and it's like, why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Because even 100 years ago, this would have taken months, sure. if not weeks, right? Sure. So you take advantage of that and and go out and see the world. Mm or like a Ibn Battuta, you just take off for 40 years. <laughs> you just take off for 40, on a fucking 40-year journey, dude. Like, this guy traveled the world. He yeah. settled down. He had family, wife and kids, who you just leave and go to the next <laughs> next wife and kid. I don't know, I don't know what he was doing, yeah. but uh, it just blows my mind that yeah. somebody set off from somewhere in yeah. Timbuktu, Correct. went all the way to, I think, China or something, and then turned back, and then went back to Timbuktu and died. It's, it's,
1: it's yeah. really fascinating. Like, the way I think about travel is that you know, you get to see the world and you also get to be the world. Sure. Right? Like, you sort of imbibe whatever you've learned in whichever cultures you've been to. And uh, even if it's not, even if, let's say, people can't, let's say, especially early out, early out in their careers, if they can't explore the world, especially India, like, just go outside and just, like, yeah. fucking figure, right? Like just. I
0: mean, it's sad to say, though, for, unfortunately for me, I've not seen much of India. Oh, is because, it? Because, yeah, I just just turned out that way. I mean, huh. I went to college when I was... Seventeen, and then she's uh. been traveling abroad since then. Uh. But uh, but I have started to do that now. Yeah, and it's it is it's amazing, right? But I also think that I I miss the boat because I think if you go to a place like Chennai or uh. Bangalore, I, I mean, all of these places are much more cosmopolitan now mm. than they were twenty years ago. Sure. I think IT probably has a part yeah, to yeah, play in absolutely. that because people move to these places for roles and jobs, and uh, people from the north, from the west, from mm. the east, is become much more uh, cosmopolitan. So mm. I think so. What I see now is still. A reflection of what I see in Bombay or Mm. Delhi. I think there's a little bit of homogeneity, which which happens when cities urbanize in a particular way. Uh, uh, so I think I missed the boat of seeing these cities how they were so mm. I listened to my dad tell a story of what he went to Bangalore 30 years ago and mm, I couldn't find right. this I couldn't find correct, that correct. and you know very North Indian correct, perspective correct. to sure. it and I, I don't see that at all because ah. you can get, you can but, get a, uh. but it also looks the same you have the same restaurants the same thing so you have to go out and find those little differences so the best way to do it is obviously find make friends and family who live mm. who are who are native to those places correct. right? and uh, again fortunate there uh, when I was in college, I knew a lot of South Americans. Mm. On I used to be in this international floor, so mm. a lot of South Americans used to live there. So I took up Spanish because of them. Okay. So I did like two years of Spanish in college, nice. and then uh, my daughter's starting now, and uh, it's just because of, okay, I knew these guys, I knew the, got to see the culture, you know, how yeah. they connect, how they speak, mm. and watching films and TV and mm. things like that, and, Uh, It was a very easy sort of uh, Mm. step to take. Okay, maybe I'll go learn Spanish Mm. now. So then, you know, that's how you sort of evolve, learn a little bit more than Mm. you would have otherwise. So if I'd never gone there, I would have never probably taken that step and and tried to learn about the culture or the people or the language, right? Mm. And, I think that's what keeps the world turning. I think it's shit like nice. this. And Indians show up everywhere. Yeah. They do. Right. That's my favorite story that Vidart Kohli one where he went on his honeymoon somewhere in the Arctic Circle or something like that. And he, and he ran into four Indian dudes in the in like the hotel they were staying in. Oh shit. Four Indian dudes on holiday there and they had to probably like get them to promise not to post pictures and sure. things like that until a little bit later. <laughs> But I was like, can you imagine, like, I <laughs> ran to some Indian dude. Yeah. Uh, I've been on, like, random flights and, like, journeys. In a, I was in a train journey in Milan to Venice or something like that. I ran to some Indian guy. Cause, and he, you know what he does? He's like, this Indian guy is farming in Italy. Huh. Before he leaves, he because he knows that I've just arrived, huh. he left me a SIM card. It's like, I have a spare SIM card. Use this. Wow. Just left it with me. He's like, he's a spare SIM card? Use this. And uh, I was on a... Greyhound journey because I didn't have money to uh, obviously take from New York, from Rochester where I was in college uh, to New York City. There's one Indian guy on the bus. Yeah. Maybe six of us or something like that. It's, it's a snowy night. It's yeah. not not that many people on the bus. Turns out this dude would, was living five minutes away from us and his his dad or his uncle knew my uncles. What do you say? I'm telling you, it was, it's just the world is such a fucking small place at yeah. times. it just blows my mind yeah. that that is the case just like we were talking about some people correct, that correct. we knew right media, and it's yeah, like there's yeah. no reason
1: correct, correct. why we know yeah. the
0: same people because we're such different journeys sure. but then here we are and yeah. and again just popped up in a conversation correct. right so I'm just saying the world is freakishly small mm. at the same time it's freakishly large Yeah. Uh, at the same time. And you see amazing places. I mean, I've been to Petra. I've been to like Wadi Ram and these kind of places, which were like bucket list items mm. for me. And I've ridden a cycle over there where, mm. where fucking Lawrence of Arabia was filmed. It's <laughs> like, you know, I'm just... And it's a massive desert. Sure. So it's a big place as well. Mm. And like I said, people. I think it's the people that make it smaller. Mm. I think that's probably what it is.
1: Mm. Te- tell me one thing you like about Bombay, one thing you hate about Bombay.
0: There is... What I like about Bombay, I think it's the best city in India. Okay. Easy. Uh, I mean, probably one of the best cities in the world. Just because I've grown up here. Mm. I like the way it moves. Mm. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I like the way it thinks. It's always forward-looking. Uh, it's it's always in animation. It's never resting, which is kind nice. of how my mind works. Mm. Uh, it's a lot like New York used to be I don't think New York is like that anymore Mm. I think it's much more gentrified Mm. than it was even 20 years ago Mm. it's much more of a playground for the rich which it was before as well. but you had all kinds of people there I think it's changed a lot in the last 20-30 years that I've been going there Bombay for that matter uh, still savage at its heart people are always moving forward it's go 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 Mm. do you know what I mean it's competitive as hell Uh, people around the time. It's also yeah. unlike any other city in the country in the sense mm. that, uh, like I tell people, right? Like you can tell a Bombay guy or girl, because they measure distance in 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 time, time yeah. not in kilometers. Like <laughs> I remember being, if, if I get into a cab somewhere yeah. outside of Bombay, and it's like, how far is that? And he'd be like, oh, it's ten kilometers. I was yeah. like I don't know what that means. Yeah, just, like, just what does that mean? कितना time bro? Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, distance ka And so that's what I think we're we're about, right? We're just about doing better, getting better. And moving forward. And that's what I like about huh. the place. Uh, what I don't like about Bombay, I mean, I just think it's 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 uh, it's not the world-class city that it can be. It's the, the, it, it just can be like so much more than it is right now. Obviously, we're doing infra and things like that. But I think mentally, it could be so many more things. Mm. But I think some of the things that are happening, like, you know, you've got that new convention center. Sure. You're putting up some plays and things like that. From an art standpoint, I think mm. we could be doing so much more. Uh, for kids, we could be doing so much more. I don't. I think we're missing those softer sides of the yeah. city, right? Infra that we'll be getting a metro, we're getting all these highways. Clearly, that side of it is coming up. I just think that what I don't like is that on a weekend, there's maybe two things for kids to do. Mm. Uh, there's two things, maybe four things for adults to do, but there's not enough concerts. There's not enough comedy. Mm. We're missing those softer Soft cultural things, yeah. aspects. I think. I think if we can sort of. Get that sorted, and that's at any large city in the world. You go if you go to LA, you go to New York, you go to Paris, you go to London, Tokyo, wherever you'll go to, right? Mm. Hong Kong, Singapore, to that extent, they'll have these aspects sorted. There yeah. are things that you can do on a weekend which are very varied, mm. appealing to a lot of sort of uh, areas of interest. Mm. I think we're missing that side of it, but I think we're also moving in that direction. But people are also questioning the quality of their lives. Yeah, that they should be better. And then again, travel is a big part of it because people mm. have been to other places, they've sure. lived other lives. Yeah. And they know what they What's are that? giving up to come back. Correct, correct. So they probably want to try and sort of recreate some of that. It's mm. like the, when the Brits came to India. Mm. They try to recreate some of, of their sort have, of the Raj or that, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The clubs, the food, the siesta, all that stuff. Uh, you know, they bring some of that. And then they obviously imbibe a lot of India. I think that's the one thing great about this country also is that you sort of bring these people in and then you change them. Mm. Sometimes not for the better. It's like uh, I am fond of saying this to people like you take you take a thing like Uber, like mm. radio taxis or yeah. Ola, right? A fantastic service anywhere in the world. Mm. You take it to India and you add as much friction as you can on every level, right? The driver doesn't understand what's yeah. being said. He's not been trained well. Yeah. Uh, you know, cash yeah. means paisa chahiye. He doesn't want to take Good. uh digital money mm. or whatever the the traffic times are never reliable so you can't show up if it's 15 minutes it could be 45 sure, right things sure. like that road ka naam kuch hota hai kuch hota hai there's so much friction that's been added on every level that mm. it becomes a painful fucking mm. experience I love taking Ubers everywhere else man it's mm. so amazing outside of India it's like I get into a cab, he and drops me just, off. Yeah. I don't have to speak to this guy. <laughs> I don't have to talk to him at all. Hi, hello, thank you very much, bye-bye. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. <laughs> so I'm saying there, yeah. this, there's a lot of great stuff as well. Yeah. But there's a lot of horrible stuff that we Good. add to the mix to as the well, mix, which, yeah. is, which is which come, comes mm. from us. Uh, and uh, some of these corporations have no way, like like McDonald's for that matter. Mm. right? I think India was probably the first place where they started delivering. Oh, is it? I think so. And and like delivering like Unka khudka did, not like Swiggy. <laughs> right? before, no, no, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They had a, a fucking fast food service. <laughs> Just like it You don't favorite. even want to go, you want to get delivered, right? Something this was the first place we yeah. started delivering food yeah. like that. I don't mm. think they delivered anywhere else before the advent of these delivery services. Right. So we just we take stuff and we mold it into our own sort of yeah, which is fascinating. Image, which right? is like, it is it's fascinating. It's not necessarily good at all. Like, yeah, that's. I guess getting McDonald's delivered might be a perk somewhere. <laughs> not one I would want. I'd like. I'd want like a really nice Uber service where I can get picked up and dropped off in a very clean car with a guy who right. doesn't talk to me at all. Is the is right. the dream? Right. Yeah.
1: Right. Awesome. Uh, well, we've had such a fascinating uh, conversation, but I want to ask you my last question. Okay, And sure. of course you can, you know, uh, tell me some other things if you have in mind, but my last question for you is, as a guiding principle or as a, like, you know, a line that you remember or a quote, is there something, probably from, a, from, from music itself or probably from a big, you know, from a, uh, from a movie or even a sitcom for that matter I mean we did disc- briefly discuss Succession and yeah. the, about the, the last units yeah. but but like a- anything which sort of which people can I mean it's a, it might be a very personal thing but you know you can recommend that to people or something that you know, like
0: like my favorite line you're saying from yeah, like yeah my
1: favorite line because for me like for example in the last episode of Succession I just love it it was almost like a throwaway like a losey that Kendall had that life is not nice it's contingent yeah you yeah. know like the people who, who love you will also <laughs> fuck you so
0: it's, I mean yeah. so similar so I so so one of my favorite lines of all time is the uh, usual suspects is, mm. is, is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled convincing the world, world it did yeah. which just blows my mind it's like holy shit like it seems like it's an obvious thing it's like how come nobody said this like 50 years ago or 100 years ago how are you just thinking of this yeah. like, how do you come up with that now I think that to me is, is, is like a fascinating line but there's another one from say like Lawrence of Arabia which is my favorite film in the middle mm. of the film after he's just begun his journey uh, David Lean the director is actually mm. the guy who shows up on a motorcycle across the Suez Canal mm. and because these guys are dressed in Arab clothes he's asking him very loudly who are you mm. and he's repeating the question but that's not the question he's like literally asking him right. who he is because he's struggling to find an identity right? And, and and that to me is pretty much what drives uh all the all the conversations right like who you are really yeah. it's like it's kind of hard to answer i've thought about that no answers man yeah but uh, there's another one which i like which huh. is uh from uh, like, in fact like the whole uh Kanye West track right all falls down i think that to me oh. is uh it's got it's, it's got all these it. questions that yeah. that you'd want to answer very african american experience at the heart of it but i think everything that he's saying huh. uh, applies to pretty much all to er, to anyone and everyone you know correct. Uh, so uh, that whole the whole track i think is 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 fascinating and
1: i like, i love awesome. the contrast that he does the ri- between the
0: riches and the like, basically you know, and, yeah, and how you're trying to sort of appear to be appear, who you're not right and yeah yeah and and basically like you know how like the the white man gets paid on all correct, of that correct, right yeah. so it's, uh, you're buying things that you don't need no, you don't need but somebody else is getting correct, paid for all of that i mean correct. it's it's also fairly cynical yeah. which is also pretty much has been my worldview for a very long time. I'm okay. trying to be... Seriously, I, I
1: don't think so. That I, don't, oh, I,
0: don't know. I think a lot of my friends and colleagues would disagree. Yeah. But I'm trying to get better at it and not be so cynical, huh. which is crazy because uh, George Carlin is one of my favorite comics. Oh, and, same, of course. And he had a special called Be More Cynical. And of I think course. I watched it when I was 15 or something. And, that or 16, really and your, that's probably what's yeah. molded my worldview. And I'm yeah. going to shake that off for like yeah. <laughs> 30, 30, 25 odd years and right. and trying to get there. But yeah, I mean, like it's just it's just these things, yeah. There's so many quotes and so many things, but like these tend to sort of stick. Like that, the one particular one from Lawrence is, is something I think about a lot. Nice because of how it was asked and where it is asked. And like yeah. when I saw it for the first time, it didn't make any, didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And then you know that was the film I watched maybe forty times, and I was like, oh my god, he's like, you know, asking him of such a question about yeah. identity, about why he exists and hmm. who he is, and it's a question he can't answer. The funny thing is a question gets asked midway but he, there's never been an answer for because sure. he never gets to answer that question sure. for himself sure. and I think that's uh, that's the story man no, uh, there are no answers <laughs> basically <laughs> wow there I, are that's no a answers nice, nice book there is, to our no there is there is this great like <laughs> just throw this out that there. there's this no. existential mario uh meme okay. which which basically mario yeah meme, it man. used to be printed and added to my desk until someone took it away which <laughs> says uh, the princess isn't in another castle uh, oh. There is no princess. It says there's only suffering. So, wow. Okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> things I've so, taken off. So that was, that's like my favorite uh, little meme. I, yeah. I used to have it taped on my on my desk for a very long wow. time. Very, very cool. Very cool. And you should awesome. check out my Twitter. I won't I won't say it here, but you should check out my Twitter to a post that's been pinned, okay. which is a quote from, uh, I think, uh, what's it, a quote from? I can't remember. But you should check it out. Uh, I think you like it I'm yeah. not going to say what it is here yeah, but okay but where, where
1: can people sort of uh, reach out like where can people follow you if they're I, I
0: don't think they should but they if should. they have to it's Gaurav G. <laughs> on every platform I, I'm not smart platform. enough to come up with handles same it's I mean I have the same I have streams
1: everywhere pretty much um, But God, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Man, it's been so much fun, dude. I mean,
0: I hope nobody sort of burns down the (laughs) studio or anything like that because of anything I've said. So
1: I think I think they're they're gonna come for you with a lot of gin uh, pitchforks. No, no, no. I think there's gonna be a lot of uh, good food It's like like
0: a 50s monster film where the villagers are gonna show up. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those. Those Japanese films With well, gin but. bottles, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll no. take it. I'll take it. Uh, Pink gin, please.
1: <laughs> done. well, uh, thank you so much. And gotcha, uh, dude.
0: Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, awesome. anytime, dude. I mean, this is I can do this for. A, <laughs> yeah, you can do this for. You it. have our guest drop party Just call me. Done, I'm I'm happy to come to Andheri for a conversation. Sorted. Said That's no true. one ever. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that
1: note, cool. Cheers. Oh wow. Okay. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, man. I was. I can't happy.
0: fucking believe you do this for a living.
1: I <laughs> do. I do. Yeah. I do. yeah it's, this is super fun, and uh, fuck, this was just. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to get back to the conversation, man. Cause like. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That's What She Said. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this deep dive with God of Gen and learned a thing or two about the content business, about Hotstar and Star Sports and everything in between probably a bit about travel and, and food and cinema um, follow him on all social platforms on on LinkedIn on on Twitter Instagram perhaps uh, I'm on all of these platforms as well I'm at Shreves uh, so follow me and I will see you for episode 55 but if you enjoyed this episode again uh, share with your friend I was gonna say a like but you can't really like these episodes I mean you can like them but you can't like, like them you know what I mean but if you want to share these episodes to your friend, hey, it's for free. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Uh, let them have a great listen. And I will see you, as I mentioned, for episode 55. Bye-bye and take care.